Welcome to Dr. Dominic New Love Ality's podcast. Dr. Dominic New Love Ality is a dynamic preacher and teacher with an extraordinary depth of knowledge and understanding of the principles of God's Word. He is the founder and leader of Living Faith Ministries International Church, one church in two locations, New York and Accra. His vision is to empower each and every believer to live a victorious life through Jesus Christ, to actualize their potential and tap into their God-given talents for the purpose of edifying their own lives and glorifying God's kingdom. Dr. Dominic Newlovality is worth hearing. Come on, put your hands. My God. My God. Let's stand together. You are hearing a song and you have not experienced anything, then you will not understand. But I know who God is, I know what I've gone through, I know where I'm coming from, I know where I'm going. Come on, here, somebody. Come on, put your hands together. Put your hands together. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, what a good time. I want you to locate seven people and tell them, I am so blessed, you have no idea. Come on, go to seven people. for us to rejoice and be glad your presence is all that we desire and your presence is all that we need I ask in the name of Jesus that your name will be glorified even as we approach your word even as we approach your word your your word is a light on our feet and a lamp on our path we honor and we bless you in Jesus name let the church of God say amen oh come on put your hands together amen Hallelujah. Let's take a confession for the day. 
Let's take a confession. Let's go. In the name of Jesus, I hold on to the confession of my faith without what? Wavering. I declare, therefore, that daily I am growing more prosperous, healthier, victorious, successful. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I declare in accordance with the word of God that God is satisfying me with long life. I have more than enough in store to fulfill my assignment on earth. Yes, let's keep on going. From the north, from the south, from the east and the west. Conscious decision. I am in anticipation of a great harvest. My family is protected by the blood of Jesus. Elohim and his angels are defending me right now. I declare that I am attentive to hear the word of God today. My life will never be the same. Let's say amen. Now let's take a seat. Let's take a seat. Let's take a seat. Amen. 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 A few weeks ago, I believe when we were working here, I took a Saturday and I did exposition about who Mekisedek is in, in connection to your tithe. Now, I want to start this morning by saying, every one of you is welcome. I want to welcome every one of you. I see my son from New York is also here. God bless you, my son. God bless. Let's give him a clap offering from New York. Stand, stand, please. Let's see you. Amen. That's the face you see on the announcement sometimes. Amen. Amen. Dr. Champon is here. His wife, my daughter is also here. Nana, you are welcome. Amen. Give them a clap offering. All the New Yorkers. Amen. God richly bless you. Amen. Psalm 3 verse 8. I'm trying to explain and I want people to understand that in the time that we live in, not even in a time that we live in, but as a human being on the face of the earth, you can never ever live without the blessing of God. It's absolutely impossible. And I, I'm trying to let everybody understand that your income at this time, look at Ghana. Every day, things are being increased. Your salary remains the same. Every day. If you are paid 2,000, it's 2,000. And yet last week they increased fuel. You need to come in contact with some kind of a blessing. That to defy human logic. The blessing of God over a man defies logic. You can never understand a blessed woman and a blessed man. Because, oh my God, the Bible tells us you can never reverse God's blessing over a man. I don't know where I will be if not because of my understanding of God's blessing over my life. I don't know where I'll be. There are things that has happened in my life that if you ask me to explain, I can never explain. All that I can say to you is the blessing of God. I am alive today because of the blessing of God. Many people at my age are breaking down left and right. Some of my classmates have stroke. Some of them, when I see them, my heart breaks. Why am I so vibrant, so handsome? I have the right to say whatever I want to say about myself. Do you have a problem about that? Okay, say, say amen. Am I, am, I, am I talking to somebody here? I'm still going strong every day. I'm healthy. I'm walking. Yesterday, I, I walk for, in the morning, I walk for seven to eight miles with a 20 pound weight on my body. The blessing. And I'll be talking about the diversities of the blessing of God. That's my message, the latter part of this month into January and February, the diversities. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalm 133, don't tend to it, it says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil that flows from the head of Aaron to the beard and to the skirt. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon. Amen. And then the Bible says that is what the Lord has commanded his blessing. Then he said even life. So we know that the blessing of God eh, is what gives you longevity of life. A successful life and a prosperous life. Because if you are living long and you are broke and you are sick, life is not worth it. May the Lord give you life. I, I'm not here. I said may the Lord give you life. 
Come on, shout amen. Then we go through the word of God and we find out from Genesis chapter 21, you hear me quoting this scripture all the time. The Bible says, and he blessed them. He blessed them. The first thing God did after he created man was to bless man. Man didn't need the blood because there was no sin. Man didn't need the oil because there was no uh, curses to break. But man couldn't do without the blessing. He blessed them and he said multiply. Adam and Eve could never in their superior state they couldn't live without the blessing. Can I have amen? Okay, so let, let's look at um, Psalm 3, verse number 8. Can we all stand together? And I want you to read it together. Let's go, one go. May your blessing be, so lift up your two hands. Say, may your blessing be over my life. I'm not hearing you. Are you here this morning? Lift up your two hands and say, may your blessing be upon my life. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I declare that the blessing of God is over your life. Come on, shout a big amen. I'm not here. Say, look at your neighbor. Say, the blessing is over my life. Come on here. Say, amen. Now take your seat. Say, take your seat. So we're going to go back. That week I did make um, a, a whole exposition about the priesthood of Melchizedek. And today, I want to just bring that alive again because it was a, a Wednesday night and then uh, I was told that it was not recorded. Many people have been asking me about that particular message. So I want to go back and we talk about it again. Let's go to uh, Psalm 110 verse 4. Psalm 110 verse 4. The Bible said, the Lord has sworn and he will never, and he will not revoke or change it. Amen. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord has sworn he will not repent, he will not revoke, he will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. When you read the verse 1, it says that the Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. He's talking about the Father God saying to Jesus, sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So we are hearing from the word of God that the Father said to the Son, you are a priest forever ever after the order of Melchizedek. Why this scripture prophetically was being spoken, the priesthood at that time was the ironic priesthood. Now it tells you that the Aaronic priesthood was for a short period of time. It was just a transit point. It was not something that had to come and stay. Now, the priesthood of Melchizedek, say you were priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The priesthood of Melchizedek is a priesthood that has to do with the blessing of God. I don't know how to explain this because until you understand what the blessing of God is, you are going to struggle. You you struggle, sir, because in the blessing is favor. In the blessing is health. In the blessing is longevity of life. In the blessing of elevation, exhortation, promotion, increase. I have realized that life is not, is, is not about giftings. And education. You know you can be educated. You have all kinds of degrees. And yet you will never make a headway. I've come to realize, I don't know about you, but there are classmates that I have that were very superior in class. Now I'm looking back after so many years. Some of them, when they see you, they are even running away. Because in school, everybody thought that these people were going to be the top people. I remember one guy, one, one guy, you know, at, at Ghana Secondary School. Amen. When he comes and we are learning, and he will say, Nye le tonya flu. Tonya flu. What my teacher leader said. At the time when he was saying that, he has already passed the O levels. And he was in Form 5. And he has passed the O-levels. So when he comes and we are standing, he says, Oh, yeah, Tonya flu. When you, you are looking for him right now, he's dead a long time ago. That tells you that the battle is not to the strong. It's not by how educated. Listen, when you talk about people who play soccer, there are people who are way better than some of them. 
But the reason why most of them are still trying to find their way is just God's blessing. Now, this morning, I pronounce that blessing over somebody. Come on, say amen. And you will see a woman who really have nothing, okay? He, he, he doesn't look like anything. Then you see the kind of man that is following that, that, that woman, and that woman giving that man commandments. And then you see another one who have everything that life could ask for and offer and still trying to struggle to find somebody to say, good morning. It's the blessing of God. This morning, I invoke the blessing of God over your life. Oh, I'm not hearing. I say, I invoke the blessing of God over your life. May you never lack the blessing of God. May every curse in your life be reversed. Am I talking to a believer here? I decree by the word of the Lord, everything your hands will touch shall be blessed. My God, I'm not here. Let me go here. I say, everything your hand will touch shall be blessed. In the name of Jesus, I see you, God lifting you up to the millionaire status. Come on, shout a big amen. I'm not here. Come on, shout a big amen. After you are born again, the most important things you need to learn about life is how to have sweatless victories. Psalm 21. Psalm 21. And let's, let's keep on rolling. Psalm 21. The king, David, shall joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice. Look at it, yes? Verse 2. You have given him his heart desire, and you have not withheld the request of his lips. You have given him his heart desire. May the Lord give you your heart desire. Oh, come on. I'm not here. I say, may the Lord give you your heart desire. I know some of you don't have any desire. Me, I have a lot of desires. Come on. So if I were you, I'll stand on my feet and shout a big amen. I say, may the Lord give you your heart desire. Come on, shout hallelujah. And sit down. And then, and then grant every request that came out of your mouth. I pray that even your faintest voice, when you speak, may God honor it and bring your prayers to pass. Can you imagine some of the prayers you have prayed if they have come to pass in your life? Can you imagine where you'll be right now? I invoke in the name of Jesus that from today, every word you speak shall come to pass. Come on, shout amen. You have given him a desire. You have not withheld the request of his lip. Sila, pause, think of that. Verse 3. For you send blessings of good, for of good things to meet him. Now, let's all stand together. Let's stand. You know, look at it though. I like the King James. The King James says, you, you prevent him. That prevents him. Can you imagine when blessings are meeting you left and right? I want you to take three, four steps and say, blessings are meeting me everywhere I go. I'm not here. Come on, say it again. Say, blessings are meeting me everywhere I go. Come on, shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Lift up your right hand. You shall never be met with a curse. You shall never be met with disaster. Sudden death will never be your portion. Poverty will never be your portion. Sickness will never be your portion. I declare by the word of the Lord that the blessing of God will meet you everywhere you go. Come on, shout a big amen. I said the blessing of God shall meet you everywhere you pass. When you wake up in the morning, it shall be blessing. When you get up in the night, there shall be blessing. Lift up your hand and shout a big amen. Go to seven people and say, look at me, I'm so blessed. I'm, I'm a blessed man. Amen. Take your seat. Take your seat. So let's now, like I do it all the time, let us define what the blessing is. Then we'll get into the message. The blessing is not things. It's not stuff. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord, it make it rich, which means that the blessing itself is not stuff. It's not a house. It's not a car. It's not a building. It's not your job. The blessing is not things. If you don't understand th these things, then you are going to turn the resources as your blessing and disconnect yourself from the one who blesses you. The blessing is not stuff. 
The reason why some people become mean after they, God has blessed them in certain areas of their life is because they start looking to those things. The blessing, as I define it, I want you to look at the screen. Amen. You can screenshot it or whatever it is. The blessing is a spiritual momentum. The blessing is a spiritual momentum. What is a, a spiritual momentum? A spiritual momentum is an irresistible force. Okay? What is an irresistible force? It's a force that you cannot stop. So that Joseph carried a blessing. Okay? And that nobody could stop Joseph. Nobody. Joseph carried a blessing. And nobody could stop Joseph. Nobody. Potiphar's wife couldn't stop Joseph. The prison could not stop Joseph. The prison. All the attacks. The, the brothers did everything. They couldn't stop him because it is an irresistible force over your life that is breaking. Let, let me show you how this is. Sometimes you are walking in on the on the asphalt street. Here, our streets are something else. But but from where I'm coming from, the streets, number one, they dig it like six, six, uh, what do we call six inches or more down. And then they put uh, iron rods. Then they put concrete. Then they put layers of asphalt. So you are, you, when you're on that street, you are really on the street. But then you will realize that uh, one small uh, uh, plant will fight its way from all the concrete slabs and all the iron rods and then, and then project itself through the asphalt. And then you ask yourself, how is it that they have removed all the, all the debris, all the, uh, the seed, everything? They have put concrete, they have put rubber on the floor. They have put concrete on it. And yet, some kind of a seed is able to go through it and still project itself. That's how the blessing is. When the blessing is over your life, you become irresistible. That, that, listen, no matter where they put you, you still survive. Oh, you are not hearing me. Can somebody put, put your hands together. It's an irresistible force. That's why you must seek to abide under the blessing. You must seek to live under the blessing. Anything that you would do that will disconnect you from the blesser and the blessing, you should never get involved. The blessing. If not the blessing of God over my life, there is no way I could survive in New York. Nana, you know my story very well. Nana was a small girl. Actually, I think you were born in my hands, eh? Yeah. If not the blessing, even when you have given me up, by the time you realize I'm coming from another angle, you can never stop a blessed man. Listen, you can lose everything, but it's just a matter of time and you start coming back again. You can never kill a blessed man. You are not hearing me, come on. Come on, put your hands together. You can never kill a blessed man. Are you going to allow me to bless you today? You can never kill a blessed man. You can never destroy Nia yeho esirano na kwenye na ye shira onipa.
the losses I've gone through in Accra here. If you are in my stead, you will have died a long time ago. I'm talking about millions of dollars that I have lost. I'm still going strong. I'm still going very strong. And everything that I, God has put in my heart to do in Accra, it shall come to pass. Come on, say, because I'm a blessed man. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm a blessed man. Say, what are you going to do about it? Come on, say, amen. A blessed man is irresistible. You are always attracting enemies. People will hate you. People will not like you for any reason. Because you are a blessed man. They will wish you evil. It will never come to pass. They will undermine you. It will backfire. Oh, am I, am I talking to somebody here? I said, they will undermine you. It shall backfire. Because you are a blessed man. I, am I talking to somebody here? Let, let me finish with the definition. I, I, I want you to understand this definition. Listen, sometimes people will hate you so much that they will concoct a lie just to assassinate your character. At the end of the day, they go down. You don't go down. Come on, say amen. Somebody cannot sleep with it because of you. Me, I know there are people, when you mention my name, they get heart attack. Am I talking to somebody here? When you mention my name, they get a heart attack. Some of them, when you mention my name, they get running stomach. Because I am a blessed man. Come on, stand on your feet and shout, I'm a blessed person. Take your seat. I, I want you to understand this. I need you to get this. Life, listen, many years ago, Dr. Debbie, you remember, I said, take everything from me. Put me on the Sahara Desert. I will still succeed and prosper because my life do not consist of the abundance of things I have. Who I am is not what I have. Who I am is who God has made me on the inside. You can take, you can take my car, but you can't take the blessing. Oh my God, I'm talking about somebody here. Am I talking to somebody here? I see you a blessed man. I see you a blessed woman. I see your children getting blessed. Come on, shout amen. Amen. Take your seat. Take your seat. Take your seat. Take your seat. I told you, I think I was preaching somewhere this weekend. And this, this week here, and I was telling the church, I said, my daughter, my youngest one, is about to go to college. They gave him the presidential award. Yeah. And they gave her $45,000 scholarship. Which means that I won't pay anything, literally. But she refuses to go. She said where they have given her the scholarship, she won't go. That she wants to only go to Harvard or New York University. That's it. Only two places. A blessed man, a blessed woman, you have choices. I know your head exploded when I said 45000 a year. So multiply by four years of education. She said, no, I don't like it. I don't like that school. A blessed man, you have choices. You don't, a blessed woman, you just don't go after any younger man. Anybody bluffing you left and right. It shall never be your portion. Come on, shout a big amen. So let me finish with this. Let me finish with this. Okay? So it's a spiritual, it's an irresistible force that is released into the earth realm as a result of man's obedience. As a, as a result of man's obedience, which attracts an ever-increasing participation of both spiritual and natural assistance, both in the spiritual and the natural realm, to overcome obstacles and to accomplish the will of God for your life here on earth. The, the blessing attracts both supernatural and natural assistance in the earth realm. So any obstacle they place on you, you'll overcome it. Can I have amen? amen. Okay, so what about Melchizedek? Let's now go to the book of uh, Genesis chapter 14. And what I need you to understand that, and I keep on saying this all the time, the book of Genesis is not an Old Testament book. It's the book of the beginning. It's the foundation of human existence. All the laws, both natural laws, spiritual laws, 
and every human law is embedded in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. The law of, uh, the law of sin and death is embedded, the law of sea sowing, the law of flotation, the law of uh, aerodynamics, the law of gravity. All these laws, God put all these laws down. You see, one of the problems we have in Ghana, we don't like systems. Okay? And so most of the time, we mortgage our, our, our success life to the spirit because we don't want to work systems. But God is a very systematic God. Everything that God created uh, operates by a particular system. That's why the sun is 93 million miles away from the sun. It doesn't change. It's a system. A lot of systems involve the, the human body operates by a system. That's why you can't get up tomorrow morning and say you were a doctor. Because you have to learn how the human body works and the systems that hold the human body. That's why you, when you go to see Dr. Champon, Dr. Champon will sit you down and say, you have to stop this, you have to stop that, you don't, don't eat this again, don't do that. Why? Because he's trying to tell you that something is trying to interfere with your system. And if you keep on interfering these systems, prayer will not change it. To support Bishop Dominic New Love Alities Ministry, visit www.lfmic.org slash gift to give online and lfmic at aol.com or 914217071 on Cash App, Zelle, and PayPal, or 0246471458 on MTN Mobile Money. Thank you. Sometimes, sometimes my heart breaks. My heart breaks in Ghana because, because we have mortgaged everything to prayer. You are having problem with your husband. It's not a demon. It's not a demon. You need to adjust your attitude. That's all. Adjust your attitude. And you realize that the problem will be solved. Come on, say Amen. Don't go and blame some old woman in the family that the old woman is the reason why your husband doesn't like you. Sometimes even your hairstyle drives your husband away. Can I have a man? Can I have a man? And, and where I am this, let me say this. Whatever you did for the man to be attracted to you, you need to maintain the same thing for the man to keep on glued to you. I'll say it again. <laughs> eh? You are looking very nice. You dress so well. Your hair is well kept. Your nails are well kept. Eh? Your heart, the, the man you met loved you because you are hard working. You clean, the, the, you know, when you know he's coming to your house, you clean all the dishes. Now you get married, you don't clean the dishes anymore. <laughs> and then you are blaming demons your, you are, your, your, your husband is getting irritated by your behavior. It's not the demon. Your behavior stinks. I know, I know you will not like it, but that's fine. I'm preaching it anyway. Can I have a man? Can I have an amen? You know something? I can tell you, I've been preaching this gospel for a long time. If you put systems together in your life, there are a lot of prayers we pray and fast about, which is useless. I'm telling you. Huh? Then people, Nana, people will leave there every Monday when you are supposed to be at work. There is a prayer meeting. And then you will leave your bank, you will lie to your boss that you are sick. And then go and stay in a church when somebody has hired you to work. What kind of system is this? That people, you know, you, next Sunday I'll be talking about business. Let, let me tell you, when people are working, it is like you are, they are favoring you. They need a job, you give them the job. Then they are doing the job, you are, they are getting paid, and it's like you have to beg them to work. So if you really want to get your job done, you need an Indian or a Pakistan. 
Pakistani or a Syrian to come here and supervise them and have a cane at their back. Genesis chapter 14, verse 17. You know the story very well. Let's go through this story very, very fast. I want you to understand that this man called Mekisedek, according to the Bible, had no genealogy. He has no father. He has no mother. He has no descendants. But he comes to collect the tithe from Abraham every time Abraham was ready to pay the tithe. You know what surprises me? How do Melchizedek even know that Abraham, Abraham have tithe to give? And I believe that this Genesis chapter 14 is just a way of teaching us what happened. Why? Because you're going to realize that you can't meet anybody on the street and give your tithe to the person unless you know the person. Which tells you that Abraham knew this man and this man has been communicating with Abraham for a long time. So now he's coming from the slaughter of the Chaldeans, and then in verse 17, the, the king of Sodom went out to meet him when, when uh, he was coming from the battlefield eh, uh, at the slaughter of Chedolioma and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheve, which is the king's deal, yes? And that Melchizedek, king of Salem, or king of righteousness and king of peace. Who does he look to you like? Like Jesus, the king of righteousness and the king of peace was, was Melchizedek. And the Bible said, and he was there, and he brought forth bread and wine. Who is he talking about? Jesus, who also gave us his body and his blood. This is the first time in the Bible you're going to see, you're going to see the resemblance of wine or the communion. And the Bible says that he was the priest of the Most High God. He was the priest of the Most High God. Verse 19, and he blessed him. And he said, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Okay, so Melchizedek meets Achu. Atu is representing Abraham. And then he carries his, he brings his tithe. Abraham nails down, go down. And then Melchizedek places his hand upon him and he invoked this spiritual momentum over him. That Abraham, you were a stranger in this land, but where you were a stranger, you and your children will possess this land. Nobody knows you here, but very soon, you attract kings and priests. As a matter of fact, the land cannot survive without your presence. He invoked these blessings over Abraham, and then the Bible says that, and Abraham gave him the tithe of all. Can I have amen? Come on, can I have amen? And then he says to him, blessed are you, Abraham, of the most high God who possesses the heavens and the earth. So what, what Abraham was trying to do, he's trying to recognize the one who owns it all, the, the possessor of heaven and earth, the one who commands everything or have everything at his disposal. Can I have amen? Can I have amen? God bless you. Go on your seat. Verse 20 and 21. Let's do this very careful. And Abraham, and bless. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered thy enemies into your hands. Let, let me say this. Listen, listen. One of the things that, one of the things that, the blessing attracts are enemies. If you don't want to have enemies, please always ask God to put a curse on you, because sometimes you'll be hated for nothing. You'll be hated for nothing. People will fight against your cause for nothing. They will not like you, not because you did anything wrong. It's because there is something about you that they resent. They resent you. God's favor over you. God's blessing over your life. God delivered all his enemies. Five kings. Abraham went to war with 318 soldiers and they overcame five nations. That tells you that no matter how formidable your enemy is, when a blessing is over your life, you can't lose a battle. 
Come on, am I talking to somebody here? No matter how formidable they are, no matter how strong they are, you can never lose a battle. That's why I keep on telling people here in Ghana, listen, mind your business and stop worrying about witches and wizards because they cannot destroy your life. Am I talking to somebody here? I'm not here. Am I talking to somebody here? Every witch is under your feet. Every wizard is under your feet. Am I talking to somebody here? You may not like me, but you can't hurt me. I'm sorry. You don't like me, but you can't hurt me. After service, I'm going to go home and eat my menkeni fufu. And I've been crying. Oh, yeah, yeah, today is Menkeni Fufu. Oh, don't come. Don't come to my house with that invitation. Can I have a man? That's, that's the blessing. The Bible says that, and the king of Sodom said, give me my men and take everything. Take everything that you brought from war. And, and he said to him, me, Abraham, I've lifted up my hand. Against them uh, uh, to the most high God who possesses the heavens and the earth by me. I will never take even your shoelace. You will never take credit to say that you have made Abraham blessed. And that is a blessed man. A blessed man doesn't look to people. Man is never your source. But Yahweh, Jehovah, is your source. Come on, put your hands together. Man is your source. You don't have to steal to make it. You don't have to destroy anybody to make it. You don't have to steal other people's property to make it. You don't have to lie to make it. If you're a blessed man, even if they put you at the back of the line, you will overtake everybody and come to the front of the line. Come on, shout a big amen. Am I talking to somebody here? You will never go down. Blessed man doesn't go down. You know, you, it's impossible. You can't go down no matter what it is. And no man can take credit. Who are you? So now we are looking at this Mechizedek. Let's go to chapter 6 of Hebrews verse, the last verse. And then we'll jump into chapter 7. The Bible says, and he brought the tithe to Melchizedek, and Melchizedek pronounced a blessing over him. Incidentally, it, the law came into effect 430 years after. So when people say that, oh, tithe is in the Old Testament, they don't know what they are talking about. The Old Testament begins from the days of Moses. The law came by Moses. But grace and truth came by our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is not a priest after the order of Aaron who belongs to Moses, but he's after the order of Melchizedek. Can I have a man? Are you understanding me? I'm trying to teach you that you need to abide under the blessing. You can't do without the blessing. You can't do without the blessing. I faced a situation last week in Germany. And it, the people who were coming for me were shaking because I was going to preach for them. Then after the service in the night, the pastor looked at me and said, how were you able to operate like this after you have gone through all that you went through at the airport? I said, because what God has given me, they can't take it. Put your hands together. Are you understanding me? You will always, a blessed man always bounce back. You always arrive, you always bounce back. You always overcome. Can I have amen? And so let's look at this man here. And the Bible says that whether the forerunner is for us, entered, even Jesus made an high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So now, Jesus, according to the book of Hebrews, eh, the man whose name is Paul is not trying to explain who Melchizedek is or was and who is Jesus. So he's saying that Jesus is not a priest after Aaron, which is represent the law and the commandments, but Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek, which is represented by faith and grace. So he's going to explain who Melchizedek is. You can never ever 
move as a New Testament believer and begin to say to yourself, oh, uh, as for me, I'm an Old Testament. I don't believe in Old Testament. So I, I, I'm not going to obey these things that they teach us from the Old Testament. And I said to you the other day, the reason why Jewish people don't struggle about tithe, because they teach you tithe right from when you were a baby. Jewish people, they don't go to regular schools. They have their own schools in New York. They have their own hospitals. They, their children go to regular schools. So they teach their children because they said, God said of Abraham, I know him, for he will command his children after him to do the word of the Lord, that the blessing shall come upon them. Bless people. Do I have amen? amen. So chapter 7, let's go to chapter 7. So in chapter 6, he said, this man Jesus is a priest made after the order of Melchizedek. Do you remember that? Chapter 7 verse 20. So chapter 7 is a continuation of chapter 6. So he said, now for this Melchizedek, now, so Paul by revelation is now going to explain who Melchizedek was and is that nobody mentioned in the Bible. The only person who mentioned Melchizedek was David in Psalm 110. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The professor is here, I'm teaching. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessing. For who also Abraham gave a tenth of all, first being the, by interpretation the king of righteousness and after that the king of Salem. So now he's saying that Abraham met him, he was representing Christ. We call him Christophany, a Theophany. God that appeared to him because he has, no, he has no descendants. He was a type of Christ that Abraham gave his tithes to. The subject of tithe became a law 430 years after under the priesthood of Aaron. And why I am on this, let me say this to you. We are not, we don't, we don't teach these things so you pay your tithe. Because this church was completed and finished before we really started the church. It is not offerings and tithes of people that have built this church. As a matter of fact, the, the, the monies we make here on a weekly basis can't even maintain the church. So we are not teaching this so that you give your tithe, no. But I'm trying to teach you this so that you key into some of the things that I have learned that have made me who I am today. I am fearlessly independent. Fearlessly. You know why? Because I depend on God and God alone. Fearlessly. You can't bluff me. You can't bluff me. I refuse to beg anybody for anything. I refuse to be a beggar. I refuse to beg people. I am too big to be a beggar. I have been young before, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous man forsaken, nor the seed of the righteous begging for bread. Am I talking to a believer here? Come on, may you never be a beggar. May your children never be beggars in the land of the living. In the name of Jesus, I see God lifting you up. I see God blessing you. I see God increasing you. I see God taking you to your next level. Come on, shout an amen, somebody. I see God lifting you up to the next level. Say amen. amen. Some, somebody was asking me about the light we use. The light is coming back. The, my, my son is here. Who does the light? The, the light we are, we are putting here is, is, is 45,000 US dollars. And it's coming. And we have all this, this, all this praise and worship coming over here. We have Joe Metal coming next year. Yeah, we have Joe Metal coming next year. Uh, I have other people coming. I've already spoken to some of them. They are, they are, I mean, no, Jackalolomi is here 26. Jackalolomi is here. He's doing the worship night with you. Come on, give God a clap offering. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm teaching you this. Huh? 30th, yes. I'm teaching you this. It's not because we are trying to take something from you. 
I'm teaching you this because I need you to understand where I am because listen, this servant of God here, I have been, I have worn one shoe for one year in the city of New York. There is nobody who can, who can describe me better than my daughter here. My daughter here can stand here and because from the first day we met in New York as a church, in a living room, he, she was there. She knows my beginning. She knows my struggles. She is the best person to tell you that what this man is talking. Listen, my messages have never changed. My confession have never changed. When I have nothing, I still believe in what I'm teaching. And I still give my tithe. When sometimes I have to walk home from church because I give all my money in the house. Say amen. I see my son, Kobe here. Kobe, come. Let me put my hand on you. Come. Kneel down. Let me pray for you. No sickness. No disease. Arrows that were sent your way. I send the arrow back to where it came from. That was aimed at you to destabilize you and to destroy you. I send the arrows back. And the Lord says to me, there will be a recovery of everything you have lost. People are coming to you with an apology. If I be a servant of God, you are going to see people running to you and asking you for forgiveness in the name of Jesus. And you'll be a good man to forgive them because recovery and restoration is coming back into your life. I command healing from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Be healed by the power of God in the name of Jesus. You will not die before your time. It will never happen. Under this grace, under this anointing, you will never, it will never happen that the Lord will lift you up and then somewhere, somehow you will lose everything and go back to square one. It will never happen. In the name of Jesus, somebody put God, give God a clap offering. Go and take an offering in your thing and come and drop it. Give God a better clap offering than that. Are, are you alive here? Are, are you alive? I'm not here. Are you alive? Receive the blessing of God over your life. Are, are you alive? I say receive the blessing of God over your life. In the name of Jesus, it's a promise. A year by this time, you are going to see a total change in your business, in your life. Am I talking to somebody here? God is going to open an, a, a, another source of income in your life. Come on, shout a big amen. Take your seat. Take your seat. So, so what I'm trying to do to you, my son, is to teach you where I have been and where I'm coming from. That's why the song moved me. Because sometimes you have to know where you are coming from and where you have been. And you cannot explain. If anybody can explain how the blessing works, he's a liar. Then it's not a blessing. Because the blessing you can't explain. How people vacated their properties here and gave it to us. You can't explain it. Please buy it. How this pastor gave us this, his, his church. You can buy it. You know, what I'm, you know what my dream is? You know what my dream is? Right here on this compound. I want to build a clinic. That's my dream. Give God a better clap off. You ask me, how can that be? It's going to be a blessing. The blessing will get it done. Because in heaven, we don't spend gold and silver. In heaven, we spend glory and blessing. When God is rewarding you, he rewards you with gold, the glory, and also with blessings. Let me finish with a message. Look at it. To whom Abraham gave a tenth of all, first being interpretation the king of righteousness, after that also king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to finish this. Without, he, he was a man without a father, without a mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, a priest abided forever. So, so you are dealing with a, 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 a being who is not a human being. 
Now, so one of the first thing you learn that every time you give your tithe, you are not giving it to church, you are not giving it to a man, you are giving it to the priests of the Most High God. His name is Jesus. He abides the priest forever. And because he abides the priest forever, his assignment of receiving the tithe and invoking blessing over those that broke the tithe is also forever. Let me say it again. Because he abides forever, because he abides forever, his assignment of, of receiving the tithe and invoking the blessing. And I'm asking myself, if this man has no descendants and he has no mother and no father and he's collecting tithe, where is he taking the money to? It's not my business. It's not my business. Number two, there was no church. There was no priest. There was no church building. So what was the purpose of he collecting the tithe? Because that is God's portion in his inheritance. There was no church. Today, today, the reason why we pay tithe in church so that we will pay the expenses of the church and pay church workers. But I want you to understand that that was not the purpose in its original state. It was after it became a law that God said, I am now giving the tithe to the priests, the sons of Aaron, so that they will not work. That's why I told myself, stop doing all these records and all these uh, cars and all. People must have the free will to understand what they are doing and come to church and pay their tithe. Me, me and my children, Joshua, Joshua will be here. Joshua will be preaching here in the new year. Joshua, I have taught my children. I sat down with them from time to time in my bedroom and I coached them about the laws that have made me who I am. And one of them is tithing. My children. So when we give you an allowance, you know that you have to go, go and pay your tithe. Verse 4, verse 4. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of his spoils. Yes? And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, Aaron's descendants, received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take the tithe of the people according to the law. So now he's trying to explain that as for the sons of Aaron, it was given to them as a law. That is 430 years after Abraham. And Abraham taught his children about, about the tithing because we know that somebody like Jacob made a vow and said to God, to everything you give me, I'll pay my tithe. To support Bishop Dominic New Love Alities Ministry, visit www.lfmic.org slash give to give online and lfmic at aol.com or 914217071 on Cash App, Zelle, and PayPal, or 0246471458 on MTN Mobile Money. Thank you. I'll give you a tenth of it. So he have taught his children. And one of the things I have learned last night about God's blessing over a life of a man, your name will never be wiped off. You will be dead and gone and your name will continue. Your, your, the things you did, the establishment you did, there are people, eh? you see them, they build houses, eh? they die after 10 years. When the, all the other children are dead, grandchildren are dead, the, the, the house they build looks like a farmhouse. I've seen it happen and happen and happen. Now watch this. That is of their brethren. Though they come out of the, of the loins of Abraham, but whose descent is not counted from them, receive tithe of Abraham and he bless him that have the promises. Now watch me. So guess what? You have the promise. But you don't have the blessing. This is this is another another message altogether. Do you understand? You can carry a promise, but the blessing is what empowers the promise. So you can sit in church and you claim I'm the head and never the tail. I'm above and never beneath. And when we look at you and the tail, we'll never know the difference. Because you can have a promise. 
But you may never realize the promise. If I promise to give you, okay, I, I think I have this in my wallet, in my pocket. If I promise to give you this cologne here, this perfume here, if I promise to give you this, it's just a promise. Until it becomes your own, it's not yours. Now, what makes this promise become a reality in your life is the blessing. The blessing will force me to give it to you. You understand? It's very, very nice. It's very, very nice. <laughs> As for dog, meet me money to my dog. Am I talking to somebody here? So this morning, dog came here. He had no expectation that he's going to get this, this awesome perfume. But the blessing of God over his life has forced me. Because I don't carry these bottles in my, in my pocket. But today, I took the bottle in my pocket and look at it. God has forced me to give it to, to, to him. Are you understanding me? That is how the blessing works. The blessing will, for, will force somebody to fulfill God's promise in your life. Roy, uh, me, 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 I don't do this kind of business. No, no, I don't do this. Especially to pastors and churches. No, no, I don't do this. But something is forcing you. No, this man is different. Let me do this. Against your own will. That's how the blessing works. Let me finish it. So you see, most of us carry a promise. But the reason why the promise is not working is because you are yet to activate the blessing. One of the means of activating the blessing is your understanding and fulfilling of your tithe on a daily basis, not at the end of the month. Every day, the professor is in the house. So he blessed him who has the promises. Verse 7, let's go. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed by the better. Yes, 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 yes. But the mystery of this scripture, Dr. Debbie, is that you always look to the better to give to you. But here, it was the lesser who needs a blessing that gave to the better. And the better that carries the blessing, bless the, the lesser. Let me say it again. You see, you sit in church, Oh, why should I give? I don't they must bishop must rather give to me. Somebody must rather give to me. As for me, I don't have anything. But the Bible says that the one who is less rather give to the one who has. But the one who has is the one that carries the blessing. And you need the blessing. And in order for the blessing to work. You have to activate it through some of these principles, which is your tithe. Come on, give God a better clap offering than that. Give me the next verse, two more verses and I'm done. Okay? And here, men that died received tithe, but there he received them of whom he it is witness that he ever lived. So, so, the, so here, which is under the law, people that gave tithe died. But in, the, in Genesis chapter 14, and according to the New Testament laws, the Christ who received the tithe of us lived forever. He, he, he doesn't die. He doesn't die. Now watch this. Verse 9. And I may say so, that I may so say, Levi, who received tithe, also paid tithe in Abraham. Now, this is the scripture. If I don't explain this to you, it will be useless for me to be preaching this. When Abraham was paying tithe, he has no child. Four generations away, he was paying tithe. Now, the Bible said, every time Abraham paid tithe, he paid tithe also for Levi. So let's go backwards and count this very well. From Abraham to Isaac. From Isaac to Jacob. From Jacob to Levi. So four generations away. Okay? So every time you are tithing, you are not tithing for yourself. 
you are tightening for generations yet unborn and you are charting their course before they come here on earth the reason why you and I have struggled in life is because our parents and our grandmothers did not understand this so nobody have ever tight on your behalf so, so most of us, we are first, we are, we are the first generation of titles in our family. Now, but you are paving a way, you may not understand, but you are going to get married and you are going to have a son and you are going to have a daughter and you are going to have a son. So right now, without you knowing in, in, in your future, as you tithe, you are charting the course of your sons and your daughters for generations yet unborn. That is why I can confidently say that my children will never suffer. You know why? Because I am tightening and securing God's blessing over my children before they come here. My grandchildren, I don't know them. I have, they are not yet born. But I am already tightening for my grandchildren. I'm tightening for my great-grandchildren. What I am doing is that I am securing their life and the legacy of the Alote family. Come on, give God a clap offering. Are you understanding it? Uh, do you get it? So, so this is the mystery about the man called Melchizedek, who is a representative of Christ. In the Old Testament, Christ manifested himself in the form of Melchizedek to receive tithe. In the New Testament, Christ manifests himself as the son of man and as the son of God to receive tithe. So if you're a Christian and you say that, as for me, this is Old Testament. I don't believe in the Old Testament. You are smoking something. This is Bishop Dominic Newlove Aloti, your friend, and I approve of this message. Put your hands together. Let's stand together. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.lfmic.org today for more information about the ministry of Dr. Dominic Alati. For more video and audio messages, find us on YouTube at Conquest TV and Dominic Alati Ministries and Living Faith Ministries International Church on Facebook for more information on our upcoming programs. Follow us on Living Faith Rima House Ghana on Instagram and please subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. Subscribe also to our YouTube channel for live service and many more. God bless you.